Want to advertise your business in a cost-effective way? It's time to give podcast advertising a try. Research shows a high rate of podcast listeners made a purchase as a result of an ad they heard on a podcast. Visit podbean.com slash brands to launch a cost-effective podcast advertising campaign in minutes. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N dot com slash brands. Everybody said nobody was hungry. So I was like, it's a joke, Cheryl. I said, well, the, I'm sorry, the April Fool's Day. Because everybody laughed just like you. I'm like, it's not a joke. People are hungry. Yeah, especially now. Oh, now. Shoot. I, I was talking. It was really interesting. I was talking to Oprah and Gail Monday. Wait, you can't tell us this story because you're never going to tell it the, <laughs> the same way twice. So you've got to wait. You've got to hold that. Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Welcome to another episode of Yolitics. Uh, I'm Jason Whiteley. Jason Wheeler's on the line here. Ever since COVID uh, really got going in March, we've had to shift this podcast from recording it at a bar somewhere where we used to do it and have people over. We'd swig a pint and talk about whatever the topic may be. Now we do it on Zoom. And... Mm -hmm. Like so many of you, you know, that's 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 our platform now. But we got our guest on today and normally we had, you know, do the the hellos and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, then start recording. Not today, Jason. No. Uh, And 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 she just immediately lunged into (laughs) a story and she said, yeah, I was, you know, I was talking yesterday or the other day with uh, Oprah and Gail and and you're like, that yeah, that's the Oprah, the one and only Oprah, and Gail, meaning Gail King, Oprah's best friend. Uh, this woman is connected like you wouldn't believe, uh, but she doesn't just rub elbows with the super rich and the super powerful. She meets people uh, who who are really at their lowest point uh, in life. And you know, Jason, since this pandemic began, we have seen a lot of people who might have never thought that this year they would find those lowest points in their life. And here they are uh, because they've lost income. They've lost hours. They've lost a job. uh, And and a lot of people are suffering right now. And as we look ahead, we might see more of that suffering uh, in the weeks and months to come here economically. Our guest today is Cheryl Jackson, and she runs a food pantry. She has for a dozen years, but it is in one of the most unlikely places. And like Jason said, as soon as we got her on the line, she took off. Okay, so so start that story again. I said that um, nobody really understands hunger. I was just talking to Oprah and Gail on Monday and, and they were so fascinated with the amount of people that just even my one location is feeding and then the need because I guess maybe when, when COVID started and the pandemic hit we started talking about hunger in the communities but then as more things started to happen you know that became almost on the back burner you see a couple of drops here with the food banks or even mini's food pantry but in essence it this has been moved all the way to the back and more news has taken precedence and so when I tell them that you know we were feeding pre-COVID 5,000 people a month and now we're feeding 20,000 people a month 
Those mm-hmm. numbers are nothing exaggerated. Those are actual people who drove up where we shared a smile or, you know, whatever we could with a mask on and put food in their cars and look them into the eyes and try to tell them it's going to be okay. And um, this pandemic doesn't say that to them. They need to hear that. People need to hear it every single day. 20,000 people per month. Uh, uh, That's a staggering figure. It's four times what you uh, usually do in a month. Cheryl, you've been doing uh, this food pantry. It's called Minnie's Food Pantry. It's in Plano, north of Dallas. You've been doing this for 12 years now. Uh, Did you ever dream it was going to become this? Have you ever seen it even close to this? No, sir. I'm going to tell you, Jason, that uh, when I started, I started because it was once me that needed a meal. And I just wanted to create a space and a place for someone that was like me that needed a meal to be treated with dignity and integrity. And we, we created that. Never did I dream that we would be hit with a pandemic that would make people call us. I mean, we, we've getting calls from churches. We get calls from the schools. You know, our community partners with Plano Independent School Districts where, you know, we're doing drops at the schools because schools are closed and these families don't know what they're doing. And then we got McKinney ISD on Wednesdays. We do drops there. And it's just in the phone calls. My phone is ringing off the wall from either individuals or it's from uh, organizations saying, can you help us, you know, feed the people that we serve? And the numbers just continue to increase. And if something doesn't happen with the workforce and them giving the additional $600, I feel the numbers will increase significantly more. So I am, I'm, hopeful and prayerful that, you know, the next week or so, we're going to hear something from Congress that says we're going to help you or otherwise, you know, uh, if you look on my, my social media this past week, this past Tuesday, as a matter of fact, we made a commitment, for instance, to PISC. We said, when you do this back to school giveaway, we will give you 300 backpacks and 300 school supplies. And we thought, oh, that's going to be good. Jason, I had to leave the giveaway. I had my trucks come back up. We got another 300 backpacks and school supplies and we ran out. And there were parents in the cars going, what am I going to do? Literally just looking at me and, and just what's going to happen and my stomach just dropped now we didn't run out of food because i'm like i'll get you food i said but ma'am i said that's who we are our mission is food we just wanted to try to help the schools with the school supplies and so people don't understand the need it's like it's growing it's like this pandemic when you don't open up the restaurants and 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 i'm not and i'm not advocating opening up anything because i want health that's what i whatever's going to people going to be healthy what's the best thing for us but with everything being closed and people losing their jobs, people need hope and they don't know from one part to the next what's going to happen. You see it on their faces. You see it. I mean, it's a burden that I can't describe, but it's a very heavy load from myself, myself and my staff. You know, March 15th, we went to working seven days a week to try to meet the need. And, and and that's when they said, okay, everything's being shut down. And then we didn't have enough people. I only had 17 people on my staff, but a company called Shift Smart started hiring. They hired an additional 35 people for us. So now we're having, we have 52 people that work with me every day to try to meet this need, this pandemic. And, 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 and the basic need was just meeting the food need. And every day it gets worse. Cheryl, have you had a day off since March 15th? 
I've had a day off. I and my staff, that's what I, I'm like, I'm going to take a day off, whether it's a half a day or whatever. But I did tell my staff, I said, I am exhausted. I said, my, my, literally, my body, everything aches in me. I mean, you know, we're slinging 60 pound boxes. When a person comes to Minis, they're getting a box of non perishable foods where it's, you know, um, it's spaghetti, it's three cans of corn, three cans of green beans, three can mashed potatoes, everything that you and I would need, you know, to provide. 60 pounds worth. Oh, no, no, no. That's one oh. box. The next box is 18 pounds. I wish I could have. I've got one. I'll show it to you. The next box is 18 pounds of nothing but just fruits and vegetables. Right. Mm. And they are literally crying because they are like, I never thought that you would be giving me this much food. So we're leading them out and we're giving them what they need. But I mean, picking up almost 125 pounds every single car and you're doing 600 cars here, 300 cars here in one day. Minnie's had five locations distributing food in five different locations. Cheryl, let me ask you this. You mentioned cars several times. A friend of mine runs a food pantry for another organization in Dallas. And she talked about how there's not just the cars you might expect. There are the older vehicles. There are brand new cars in there. There are cars that you, you wouldn't be surprised to see in line at a food pantry. So I want to ask you about that, what you've seen. And secondly, when people think about Plano, they don't necessarily think about hunger. For people who may not be, you know, familiar with Plano, it is a, uh, you know, a suburb, northern suburb of Dallas, and it is, you know, I, I'm going to stereotype well, it, but it, it's thought to be a little wealthier than exactly. Dallas. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right, which is why I, I started Minis in Plano, because I was living in Plano, hungry, needing help, you know, and people are like, nobody's hungry in Plano. You know, you have the working poor, you have those who are homeless, and now with the pandemic, you have the executives. I literally gave, there was a car that pulled up, and my favorite car is a Tesla, and I looked at it, it was a red Tesla, white seats trimmed and black, because I've made this car like five times in my dream <laughs> on my laptop, right? And I was like, oh my God, this is my dream. And the man was in the car, a man in the car with his two daughters. And at that time, we had run out of um, a backpacks. We were, I said, we can only give one per car. We were trying to give out, like, if you had five kids in your car, we gave you five backpacks. And then I looked, and the line was three and a half miles long. I drove the line so I could see where we were. I came back to the front of the line. I said, guys, I said, we will not have enough backpacks. We can only give one backpack per car. I handed that man in that Tesla the backpack and he looked up and he said, ma'am, please, can you give me one more? Please. I have, you see my daughter, please. And I just, my heart just dropped because I'm thinking this man in this Tesla does not want to be in this line. This man in this Tesla does not want people to probably even know that he's in need, right? But he needs it. And, and when you, if you look at Cheryl Action, C-H-E-R-Y-L Action on my Instagram page, I just posted yesterday a six minute video of cars in line from Mercedes to Escalades. This pandemic has not discriminated against anybody. No, no pay grade, no ethnicity. It has hit everybody. And people are just, I mean, they're blowing horns because they're frantic thinking someone's trying to cut the line. I mean, they're scared. They're literally scared. Can you give me that box I want to show them. I was talking to them about what's in our boxes. And so, yes. So we're zooming. We're zooming with, with Cheryl right now. And you're going to show us uh, one of these boxes that, that yeah, you hand I'm out. I'm going to show them one of the boxes. I'm going to show you my fruit box that we hand out. So it's 18 pounds 
of fresh fruits and vegetables and every car gets it, right? So this wow. is why people come our way. You see the plums, right? You see carrots, fresh. Because my battle cry for 12 years was when we give out, I want to give out what I would have wanted when I needed a meal. A whole sack of potatoes, a bag of onions, pinto beans, of course, tomatoes, cabbage, and um, and oranges, right? So every car gets 18 pounds of that. Then they get a 20-pound box of what, whichever meats that's delivered to us, but it's either chicken patties, it's um, fajita meat, it's uh, breaded chicken nuggets. I mean, so these people are pulling up. It's, oh my gosh, if I can show you, I just took a picture because I like people to know what we're doing. I love what I do, as you can see. Let me show you what came in today. Can you see this? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. yeah that looks like sirloin, is oh, yeah, it? It's ribeye. New York ribeye rib steak. Yeah. I used yeah. to work in a meat market. I should have known that. Yeah, so you're handing out ribeyes. 2622. Come on now. This is me. You- <laughs> this is when you love what you do, you know, you just you become a voice and people connect to your voice, they connect to your spirits, and they're like, Okay, how do I help you? And so what I did is we started going to the Walmart stores and all the stores and saying, instead of you throwing meat away before it expires, you know, let us come pick it up and give it out to the community. They heard our voice and they responded. So we do 56 pickups just in the community alone with salads, with meats like this. I mean, we have chicken breast, ecrid sauce, everything. So when people come our way, that's why our line is so long because we're the, I mean, we're the, Taj Mahal is what somebody told me. You got, you're giving out ribeyes. I can see. (laughs) No, but you know, but you know, but you know, you you make a great point. They cry. You make a great point. Well, yeah, you make a great point because you have been there and, 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 and you didn't want to just have to, you know, subsist on a, on a, a can of, uh, you know, uh, pork and beans or right. whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're trying to round these people's meals out. I wonder how long, Cheryl, can you keep this up at this pace with this many people coming and it's showing no signs of abating? Can you keep this up? Well, I wonder the same thing. I wonder the exact same thing. And the only thing I do is make the commitment that as long as I have it, I'm going to open my doors. But when I can't, I'll be honest like everybody else and say, you know what? We ran out. And that has, has that crossed my mind? Have I walked into my other location over here where they're doing it and saw empty shelves? Absolutely. Have I went and cried and started calling people? That's why I'm getting all this stuff because I'm calling and I'm banging on doors and saying, you got to help me help these people. And I think once people start to see, like when you use your platform to allow us to be the voice to say, this is what's happening. Those who can help will help. And that's why I I do the Zoom calls and that's why I'm on the news because I'm like, it's just people just don't know. If you haven't been affected, you haven't been affected. Those who have had loved ones, I had someone, for instance, I've heard all your news stories about people who have died using COVID. I had one of my employees, she had went on vacation and came back. And because she went on vacation, her mom died. And we had to advocate for her to be able to get into the hospital just to see her mom. But until it hits home, sometimes you don't really get it. But when I looked at the hurt in her in her face and the pain, I was like, we gotta do something. And we got a minister, her minister went to the hospital and was like, you've got to let her see her mom, you know? And so that's why I feel when people start to see it or if they experience it, then they become a part of the problem and want to know they become a part of the solution, understanding what the problem is. Cheryl, I want people to hear, to hear your story uh, as well. Tell us how you got into this 12 years ago and the date you started it to. Tell us the date you started the Mini's Food Pantry, but why you decided to do this of all the jobs. 
of all the jobs, you know, at one point in my life, I was doing really well. You know, I um, I won the 16 city tour to be the red carpet correspondent for Fo- for a, a Fox to do the Oscars, right? And I was, all these celebrities and stuff was over. And I was like, that's cool. Then I started working for Emmett Smith. Now my parents were pastors and we had this, my grandmother was the ice cream lady in Dallas, Texas and Oak Cliff, but she always <laughs> gave it out. So I said, Granny, we're never gonna make money if you just keep giving the ice cream out, right? And then, um, um, and then my parents, when my grandmother died, my mother started a nonprofit called Helen's House, where we would give out food up underneath my church and my grandmother's name. And then my my father died, right? Now, there was a time in my life where me and my husband, he was working three jobs and I was working two jobs. And we literally had to decide, do we feed our family? Do we pay our utility bills? What do we do? I mean, we were the newspaper carriers for almost two and a half years. And think about it as a parent where your kids are at home. I had two sons. They were at home by themselves. And me and my husband's going to the city. And I'm he's I'm in the back of the trunk of the car with the trunk up and he's saying left, right. And I'm throwing the newspaper, throwing the newspaper. So when I speak, I tell people, if you lived in Allen during these times and that newspaper would hit your door window like really loud, that was me and my anger and I'm sorry, right? But I was just a mother thinking, my kids are home alone and what's going to happen or what could happen. We tried to make ends meet. And my father told my my husband, if you don't take care of my daughter, bring her back. And so my husband said, you can't tell him because he told me I have to bring you back. So I went and applied for food stamps. And that was the most horrific experience ever. And I remember receiving this bag from them and I looked in it and everything was expired. I was like, well, at least I'll have a meal. And then I got home and everything was expired except for beets. And I still have not cooked beets to this day. And when it comes to me, I'm like, get them out, get them out, right? <laughs> and so um, uh, 2004, my dad passed away. And I went on a three year depression, got down to 106 pounds. And I looked up at my mother and I said, she said, you gotta get up. And I said, I have no reason to live. And and she said, yes, you got to live. You have two kids. And I said, well, then I just want to honor who you are because I, I had the best parents ever. And, uh, and she said, well, OK, I said, I'm just going to start a food pantry. And Jason, I literally started this with two cans of corn and my first and my last month's rent. And I began to tell people, I'm going to start a food pantry, so help me. And that's where the laughter came in. You're in Plano. Plano was voted the number one wealthy city in the world to rebuild wealth. It's Plano. So I strategically had my first location. It was on West Parker Road, about two miles from all those Willow Bend homes, because that's where they came and they went shopping. So I said, they're going to see the people that were hungry. I was very strategic. Hmm. And what I do know is that those who saw, they responded. And so I was like, okay, so I just need to become a louder voice so more people can see it. And so now you fast forward 12 years later, we provided over 14 million meals and counting. And now wow. I have, yeah. And we have a minis in New York city in a school, the Bronx regional high school. We have wow. a minis in the Pennsylvania school in Pennsylvania. We have a minis in the wet th- fifth ward in Houston, Texas. We did 53, um, trips back and forth when Hurricane Harvey hit and a church gave us an 8,000 square foot building because they saw the work that we did. And they said, you deserve to be in our city for what you did. Mm. And now we're about to build one in Dallas where my grandmother's house was and my mother's Mm. house was. We just bought the land and I'm about to break ground in Oak Cliff and they don't have any grocery stores, anything in that area. It's Prosperity Street and everybody is on poverty and Mm. Prosperity Street. But that's how I started from the need, from the pain. 
this operation is no joke. And to think that you started it on April Fool's Day and people yeah. did laugh. Oh, yeah. People. Yeah, they did. Now, every time we like, you remember when I laughed at you? I said, yeah, no. Do you remember when you laughed at me? <laughs> now you have people like Oprah, you see, where I tweeted and I said, Oprah, I love giving veggies to families that come to Minnie's Food Pantry. And they cry sometimes because they can't afford them. And Oprah's response was, Cheryl, you are a prime example of love made visible. And and. and Cheryl was turning around, pointing to this picture and this tweet on her wall. So that's why you might not have been able to hear her as well. But that's you have that hung up back there, Cheryl. I do. I do. It's a reminder. The reminder is the love made visible part. So every time I walk into my office and you see the do good because I was on the Ellen show and she's always always be kind, always do good. It actually lights up. I didn't light it up for you. And I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> all in, all around Minnie's food pantry, it's constant reminders. Nothing is pop, is impossible. The word itself says I'm possible. So we always have, you know, it's such a great space and place here. So now what I've done is I took that same red carpet that I used to do in interviews on and now that is our signature we roll out the red carpet people walk the red co- carpet at any one of our minis locations now with COVID, mm-hmm. i was like well they, are they going to drive over it or what are we going to do right mm-hmm. but um we have the red carpet and we have music piped in and at any location you go to at minis you're going to hear the music you're going to see us dancing we might be sweating slanging boxes but <laughs> while they're coming we do car karaoke i mean we try to do everything that i can think of to let a family know we care about you and to maybe take their mindset off i'm in a car waiting to get a meal for my family that and cheryl i love that you're that bridge because here you are you you rub elbows you talk regularly with the likes of oprah and gail king you've been on the ellen show and yet every day you're also seeing people who are at their lowest station in life that they've ever been in you're this Mm -hmm. bridge between two very different worlds right you know i like i said i worked with emmett smith years ago and i would watch emmett sign an autograph and people had to bring canned goods or they had to bring toys Mm -hmm. and then we drive over to uh, either the douglas center or we go to buckner's Mm -hmm. and we deliver that so i got to see my parents who was just on like we seven kids we didn't have a lot but what they had my mother would always say always give your best so i saw her give her best of the little she had then i saw emmett smith be big so i saw both sides and so i was like if this man can just use his signature and he can fill up a 24 foot truck now i have five 24 foot trucks in my parking lot and i fill them up every single week right so (laughs) i I just i love it man it's just like and i try to push people to do the same thing that to say that yes uh, uh, Oprah Winfrey calls me, but on a normal day, I'm here crying with those who are hungry and trying to be a voice because they said, Cheryl, can you tell them we need this? Cheryl, can you ask people for this? And I'm like, yeah, I'll be the voice. And so that's what I try to do. Cheryl, you mentioned you've cried several times. What what gets you emotional? Um, I'll tell you, it's it's the pain of, of seeing every car that I see. Um, when I started minis, so my parents were, were pastors. And so I, I asked God never to let me forget the feeling that I had when I needed a meal. And so when I see those cars, I get that feeling. And sometimes I have to walk away because I'm thinking that woman or that man in that car is feeling just like I was feeling. And I was broken. I was scared. Um, and I was concerned about my family. And I think that nobody in this country, the United States, such a wealthy country, should be concerned about something as simple as their next meal. That makes me cry. What also makes me cry is because 
you know, my mother is not here anymore to see. Uh, when Oprah Winfrey came and she spoke years prior to her speaking, I would come home and I was, I was, my mother and I, we were neighbors for 16 years. So I would go home and anything good that happened or bad, I would go across the street to her house. She would rub my hair. She'd rub my back and my feet and she'd say, Cheryl, shut it down. She'd say, it's not worth your health, right? And the more that I do it, the more I feel it. I'm just being real. Um, and I'm like, gosh, I can hear. But I said, mom, I said, I talked to Oprah as this. And she goes, and I said, I just wish she would come. And she said, she's going to come. She's going to come. And uh, two years ago, you know, Oprah comes and she raises this money. And I have this beautiful shot of Oprah and my mother. Oprah is like, I told my mom, you gave me life. And I told Oprah, I said, mom, you birthed me. And Oprah, you gave me life during the times when I couldn't make it. So both of them are like, like my mother mentor friend, right? So, oh, that's my thing with Miss Winfrey. I'm like, I'm, will you please admit that I'm the first American girl that you're going to adopt? Because, you know, she, she adopted all these <laughs> girls in Africa. So I said, would you please come out and tell people I'm your first American adopted girl? And that's our joke between each other. But um, hey, if she's looking for a son the next time you talk to her tell her i'm up for it Uh, you know cheryl cheryl something that you said really resonated with me and that is that you asked to never forget how it felt uh and and i'll tell you that i I do a lot of financial reporting and i've been covering a lot of the unemployment uh that has been happening uh years ago uh and, and and i'll answer people's questions on facebook and twitter for hours and hours and hours about this and I've had people in my own family who've said, why are you doing this to yourself? You're staying up till two in the morning, three in the morning. I've had people that I'm answering questions to ask me, what are you doing up at this hour? And it's because years and years ago, I was laid off and I never forgot what that felt like. Mm. You feel like you are just blowing in the breeze, mm-hmm. out in the world, by yourself, and it's never going to change and it's never going to get better. So I want to bring it back to these people who are unemployed right now, because we're in an interesting time here. That extra $600 per week in federal benefits has run out now. Uh, It's being talked about in Washington. They're thinking about some solutions. We've got two very different plans that are being looked at, one that would give far less money. What's going to happen going forward? You're seeing people every day who are unemployed. They are losing that $600 per week. You're going to see more of them. What's going to happen in these next couple of weeks, even if they come to a deal? It's going to take time to implement that. We're going to have more people falling off that cliff. And these aren't lazy people. These aren't people who don't want to work, by and large. Uh, I, I see them now, you know, those who are getting the $600. And, and people think, wow, that's a lot of money. But when you see a car like a Tesla or an Escalade or something pull up, and if you have an opportunity to speak to them and you ask them, you know, well, I was making over $140,000 a year. Now I'm they, they've decreased my salary by maybe 30% or 40%. I still make money. But to us, 130000 is a lot of money, but not if you were living on or at your means. And that's what these cars that are pulling up, all of them were living on whatever pay grade that they were at. So $600 to someone who was making $100,000 or $60,000 a year, that's still not enough. I mean, 600 times four, that's $2,400. Most of that is somebody's rent or mortgage or rent in your light bill and nothing else is being paid. So I've seen so many different people comment on it. Oh, they need to get to work. Where are they gonna go to work? The, the places that they worked have shut down or, or have have decreased their pay. So how can we judge any of those? And, and that's what I would say to people is please don't judge 
anybody that's asking for a handout because you don't know what shoes that they the, when you say I want to walk a mile in somebody's shoes you really don't you don't know what is happening in their lives and I am so fearful for that I am so fearful for the next three or four weeks when I saw the 600 cars lined up at Minnie's this past Saturday I just stopped and I thought about it and I said this is with people getting money extra money what's going to happen when they're not I mean it's going to I think that crime may increase and I hate to say it, but you know, if somebody can't um, get a meal for their family, that's that's the basics right there. Or if someone can't, like people are telling me, sure, we can't even, this is what's crazy that people aren't talking about. School, oh, we may start school back up. Let's say they do. There are kids out here who are not even enrolled in school. I just was with PISD. They're not enrolled in school because they don't even have a computer at their home. And some of the enrollment processes require you to scan in your kid's ID, scan in their birth certificate, all this information. They don't even have access to be able to do that. So our whole world, it's just like one thing on top of the next. People are going to start breaking. Depression is going to happen. Anxiety is going to get higher than it's ever been. We're wearing these freaking masks that that we're required to wear. And I'm not saying anything against it because if that works, it works. But I'm saying what we what we normally live off of, if you're like me, I lived off of looking at somebody and smiling and saying, hey, let's have a great day. We don't have that anymore. All we have are the eyes. But if the eyes are the mirror to the soul, which is what my mother used to always say, I see a lot of hurt and pain in eyes every day. And it's going to get so much worse before it gets better, Jason. So Very Considering that, Cheryl, what is your message to lawmakers right now? My message is stop with the party. Become bipartisan. This is about people. It's not about parties. There are people that I see every single day that's relying on you to help them. Help them just live the basic, have the basic necessities of life. And if you have a pen and you have the opportunity to sign, if you need my pen, I'll drive it to you. But sign these documents that needs to be done to help the people in our communities be able to live a somewhat better life until this pandemic is over with. But Stop the bickering. This is not about party. This is about people's lives that you're playing with. And you may be doing okay, but there are thousands of people around this world, hundreds of thousands. This is, we're just talking many's numbers. If you started combining everybody else, I mean, we would just, you would probably be blown away by what the real actual numbers are nationwide. And, and they have the power to change things. And this is a time where you show the reason why we voted you in where you are. And in case they need to see it, I'm sure that uh, you would be happy to have any of the Republicans, the Democrats, the independents out there to Minnie's Food Pantry. I bet if they came and had to work one day out in a 108 degree temperature one day where I personally, I I almost fainted. I've had people go to the doctor, to the hospital, because this is no joke out here. And this is part of what they have not done to make this go away. Make the lines go away. That's what we're crying. Make the lines go away. And you'll have the red carpet rolled out for them, right? We will. Red carpet, (laughs) drinks, everything they need to be able to serve these people. It's not a photo op anymore, guys. You know, they'll come through now for photo ops and they'll let me just show you. Uh Uh-uh. Put on your boots. We're boots on the ground. Come on, put on your boots and come on out here and see why if you do not vote what you're doing to these people out here. I think if they came one day, Jason's, Jason's, I think that they would run back to their office and say, put the bill in front of me and let me vote. 
Uh, Cheryl, before we let you go, we have to ask, uh, you're giving out, giving out, giving out. How can you take in? If somebody is, you know, not one of the victims, economic victims of this pandemic, and they want to do something to help, is there a way they can help you in what you're doing? Absolutely. I mean, right now we're still where kids are out of school. So um, you can go to Amazon is the best way for people to support. If you want to go on Amazon and order something, find Minnie's Food Pantry. They drop ship it right to us. Or if you want to donate online, you can just go to minisfoodpantry.org, you know, and there's one thing too that I'm trying to work on. We are trying to rename the street that we're in front of, Jason. We're trying to name that Minnie's way because, you know, my mother used to sing, I did it my way and she mm-hmm. passed away when she would have been 75 years old. And so if somebody sees this and would like to sign our petition, it's at change.org forward slash Minnie's way. It takes five seconds to sign that petition and we're going to send that to our city council to see if we can get a name change because, you know, any person whose name we've served 14 million meals and counting in her legacy, she deserves a street in Plano, Texas. Yeah, that's the least I would think. And if you're and if you're interested and you're inspired to do something here, it's Minnie's M-I-N-N-I-E apostrophe S yeah. food pantry. And, and Cheryl, is there anything that you guys need? Oh, you don't there? have to put the apostrophe, just put Minnie's food pantry and it'll pop up. That's even easier. Yeah. No apostrophe yeah. necessary. So our, our our basic needs right now is actually we're running out of peanut butter. We cannot find peanut butter, macaroni and cheese. Nowhere to be found right now. So, yes, we're out of peanut butter. But they're getting steaks. We're out of peanut butter. <laughs> Got ribeyes, though. <laughs> yeah, right, right. When I started, peanut butter used to be the protein. 12 years ago, if someone donated peanut butter, I was like, oh, my God, I got protein. Now we're- you come a long way, Cheryl. Yeah, yeah. See, and that's just, that's just about the passion, man. That's all, all it is. And people, when I hand them steaks and I, they open it up, they start crying. This is for me. I'm like, yeah, it's for you and your family. How about that? How cool is that? Cheryl, we appreciate what you do. Keep up the good work. And and it's it's astounding uh, what you're seeing. But uh, we'll be thinking about and hoping hoping things go well for you and, and everyone you serve. Yeah, we'll definitely check in again with you down the road. And and now, uh, for all the listeners out there, you can tell why they call her Cheryl Action Jackson. Uh, she gets it done. And uh, we really appreciate you taking the time, Cheryl. And again, next time you talk to Oprah, if she's looking to adopt a son, I'll call remember. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Cheryl. We Thank really you. appreciate everything you're doing. Yes, sir. It's my pleasure. Thank you.